It's Thursday, March 9, in the Fred Bertelson Old Time Radio Room, and it's radio out of the past. And um, let me think. Gosh, where did I put my notes as to who it was tonight? I'll check. I can't remember. I put them down somewhere and forgot to look at just before I started. Okay, so we'll take a look at same time, same station first. We'll talk about Yesterday USA. We'll talk about the marathon. And I'll go look to see who's presenting because my brain just stopped me from doing that. It's John Boyu, just to let you know. Actually, I knew that, but I wanted to see if Bullyu was going to say anything. No, oh, I, I, was, yeah, I was waiting. I was <laughs> sitting here, <laughs> chuckling to myself. I didn't know if you were going to say anything, and I thought, well, let's just see how long I can prolong this and see what happens. So if I was hadn't have spoken, I wouldn't have. Um, you would not have? No. <laughs> so at 5.30, would you have played? Or 8.30, would you have played? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, let's see. Same time, same station. We're actually doing part seven. It's the last part of our Andrew sisters salute. I'd like to go go back and do more of that. There's so much more. Anyway, um, so we're playing a couple of radio shows. First, we're doing Texaco Star Theater. They starred with Fred Allen in 1942. It was the first program for Texaco in a 30-minute format. And John Brown was on the show, and uh, also uh, Arthur Godfrey, and Charles Lawton was the guest. Fun show. And so that'll be on also Craft Music Hall from 1945 with the Andrew Sisters and Bing Crosby. And then Perry Huntoon and John and Ian Walden um, on a Sunday night show back in December nineteen uh, December of 2021. And this will be the last part of the uh, seven-part series that we do. And it was lots of fun to listen to. Good music selected, and we enjoyed it. Had a great time. On Yesterday USA, um, last night we had a great time. We talked about radio, but for the first hour or so on Yesterday USA, John and I and Walden, uh, Ted Davenport, who De- Ted Davenport is a, is a stalwart in the old-time radio hobby. He's a collector. Corey Harker as well, and later Michael Hinkson. And we just talked about days, the old days of collecting, how we collected, what we collected, and it was great fun. We had so much fun that we'll probably do it again. Uh, Not sure yet yet exactly when, but we also did Academy Awards. Uh, We featured All About Eve last night, and Monday we did Casablanca. And next Monday, we're doing Casablanca as well, but we're actually doing other shows in which Casablanca appeared. Sometimes they were parodies. Sometimes just the name was mentioned, Casablanca, but it had nothing to do with the movie. So I thought it would be kind of fun to grab these. There's about 15 and play them. And they're most times, they're, they're about other things other than the movie. Very popular name, of course. And of course, it was a place where President Roosevelt met uh, to discuss things in near the end of World War II. So we'll hear some of that next Monday as well. So that should be fun. Walden and Patricia tonight. And then tomorrow night, Walden and John and I and Bob Lyons. And that should be fun. Saturday, Walden and Patricia. 
And I'm trying to remember what's on Sunday night. I think what we'll do is let me talk a little bit about the marathon coming up on April 15th. And most shows have, at least listings have gotten to me. I don't have all the shows yet, but I will soon. Listings are in for the most part. So we're looking forward to that. It's 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Pacific. And in the old time radio room. And should be fun. So, well, then let's go ahead and talk about a few things that we should perhaps plug relating to, to uh, Yesterday USA. Well, uh, this Saturday at 4 o'clock, both on Yesterday USA and on the Spurvac radio channel, we'll have Mimi Gibson, who deluxe in the Bob Crosby radio show. She'll be with us. She's in her late 80s now? Late 70s. 70s? She's really young, yeah. She's younger than I thought she was. Yeah. Uh, then Sunday night, Corey will be back and his friend Tom, and we'll mm-hmm. talk about Armed Forces Radio. And Tom Lyons, I believe, will be joining us here on staff to help us with behind-the-scenes stuff. And that will be a big help. Uh, Monday evening, besides the Casablanca, Michael Hinkson will be back because he won a prize to be part of the Oscar Awards uh, celebration parties this weekend. So we might as well get a blind person perspective of attending an after, yeah. uh, Oscar party for Carl. So he'll be there Sunday night in Hollywood at the Oscar yeah. uh, after party. Right. And I'll be fascinated. I've never been to one, nor do I actually care to go to one. <laughs> but it'll be interesting to hear his take on that. Yeah. Yeah, up. He didn't even know he had won it. Somebody put his name in. He didn't know it, and they picked his name, and so he won two tickets. So, so we'll, talk, yeah, we'll talk to Michael about that on uh, Monday night. Monday afternoon, I'm interviewing a guy who is a historian on Thornton Wilder, and we'll probably play that back at a more convenient time. I'll probably record that. Uh, Sean Lurie is going to be away for a few days, so Johnny Holmes is going to help help stream Tuesday the 14th, Thursday the 16th. And then just looking ahead, because there is so much on our calendar, uh, Nicholas Inman will be back. We'll talk about the Cherry Blossom Festival on the 18th. Perry Huntoon on the Doris Day Part 3 on the 19th. And... Two things on the 20th, we'll probably pre record this. Susan Bennett, who is the voice of series, will be with us and we'll record that. But that night, our friend Lorna Gray Bailey will be with us to talk about Bailey Lugerson and her brand new book on on that personality. Uh, simulcast with Johnny on the 21st, and then tune in on March 22nd to hear. A Gunsmoke presentation, both a recreation uh, with people who like to do radio recreation, and then John Royal will do a whole history on the on the radio show Gunsmoke that that's, night. That's that's uh, that's for reps. Yep. So it'll also be on Yesterday USA, right? And uh, 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 reps radio and Yesterday USA. So there's right. three three different ways to hear it. Yep. So those are some of the stuff. There's more, a lot more and more stuff, but we'll get to that later. So back yeah. to you, Larry. Lots of things going on. It's a busy time in radio. 
with regard to radio shows, etc. And so some of this we'll, we'll also put on the lists. So if you're like me, you won't forget. Um, yeah, about every couple of weeks I'll say, Walden, write that down and send it to me. Because there's so much stuff going on. And at least I can keep track of it. I put it in the calendar, and if it's not in the calendar, I have stand a chance on missing it. So, anyway, so that's what's happening, and it's going to be fun. It's very enjoyable. And, we also uh, should mention tomorrow the Metro Old Time Radio Club oh, yeah. go, going to have Steve Darnell at their special guest tomorrow afternoon, uh, 4.30 West Coast, 7.30 East. And I think I've already posted that to the email list uh, earlier this week. So. Yeah. And he, he's... He makes so many public appearances, it's amazing. He's always at a library, always doing something, always hosting something, which is great because um, it keeps interest alive and it, and, and it keeps old-time radio out in the forefront, which is great. So, Academy Awards is kind of a fun thing to go back and look at. Not so much today, but back during radio and TV. And so uh, I'm especially interested in people who are older. Did But anybody actually who wants to do this, because it used to be that it was on radio for the longest time. Then it stopped in the what late 50s, maybe early 60s. I think Vanessa Brown was still doing it for the United Nations into the late 60s. Yeah. Remember, she used to do that for them. Uh, right, but it was pretty much on TV from that point on. Yeah, pretty much. So I'm curious for people who remember going back that far and, and even further in a couple of people's cases, did you actually listen, uh, listen to the Academy Awards on radio? Oh, I did. Did you? Oh, I loved it. But and did, it was so interesting listening last night to the 1950 um, 50, 1950, Oscar. yeah. Yeah. Because. Now, that was all about Eve. Oh, what, were you gonna, what did you want to ask me? Well, yeah, I, I, know, I know that. We talked about this the other day. I know that the first instance of Academy Awards that we have that has been preserved on disc was 1943. But. Now, you were only, like, what, four years old, so you may not know this, I don't know. But I'm wondering if they went back further. I don't know. No idea. John, how about you? You you, you don't remember that far back either, right? I don't even remember the Academy Awards on radio or TV. Oh, you don't? I oh. don't care. Ah. <laughs> I guess we're going to have to look. Um, maybe... Jim Hilliker knows, but I don't know when they actually started being broadcast on radio. And by the time they got to TV, it was in the 50s. And it was simulcast for a while. So maybe what I need to do is actually, and I haven't done this, is, is to go find a Wikipedia article and pray that it's true and then do some research to find out for sure. Maybe Joy knows. Joy's not old enough to remember watching well, it. Well, maybe the Academy Award could tell it. No, but she that. might know. Yeah. You know, the, the, there's a great page. What's that page called? Um, Oscar.org. Oscar.org. And it lists all of the Academy Awards 
whether it be best picture or best actor or best supporting actor, etc., whatever. And it lists everything from the beginning. It doesn't list when they were broadcast, but it, it might have some stuff on it in terms of the early days that we don't know about. You would think if it had everything else, it would have yeah. Yeah. the years. I'm going to pull that down. Well, of course, you know, if you were an American family, I, I would say in the, in the early 60s and, and, and even, I guess, up to like maybe 72, 73, you watched the Academy Awards. You That's know, true. That was the thing. Not me. <laughs> I, I did. We did for, for years until the people began to get really vocal about political issues. And then I said, all right, I'm oh, not watching, yeah. I'm not watching this. And I it didn't know. matter whether I agreed with him or not. It was the fact that's not what I was watching. Just not what, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I stopped and I don't watch it anymore. That's, and, that's why um, people stopped watching. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also it went from an hour long to, in some cases, three to four hours. No, and that's three, ridiculous. Four hours. It went past news time. Yeah. 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 You know, yeah. Local news. And, you know it was a big deal to watch the host. You know, Bob Hope did a Bob lot Hope. of them. Johnny Carson. Oh, yeah. did Jack kind of Benny. Of and yeah. even later, Ron Richard Pryor. Mm-hmm. And he was funny. And there were lots of funny hosts and a lot of entertaining people. But eventually that even, that even went away. And then it was always fun yeah, to see I mean, Gre- Gregory Peck or somebody go up there, and, and you know, and people were still, you know, have, well, they were given a special award. The problem yeah. was that not in not not many cases did people even know who the person was. Mm-hmm. In not in all cases, but you know, Jimmy Stewart got a special award, and and people know oh, who yeah. he was. That I could understand. They remembered him as an old older man. Not most of them didn't even know what he had done. But they didn't know he was on radio, of course. No. Oh no 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 no. Yeah. Well, it's supposed to be audio described. Is it? Uh, on ABC Sunday night. Okay, that might be interesting to some degree, but I won't recognize any of the songs. In fact, I probably won't recognize many of the actors. I won't right. even like the songs anymore. The songs are terrible, too. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. You listen to the early actors and the. Sometimes they had 15 songs nominated. Right. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Not anymore. Yeah. No. No, not anymore. How many pictures are, are nominated each year now? Are there as it many as... I think they're five. up to at least six. It used to be five, but it I think they got help. Yeah. 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 When it was five. But there's I nobody... I don't even know what pictures are nominated. I don't know anything about it. I don't either. I don't either. Not one thing. And there's nobody really that we know of who's alive anymore. They're pretty much all no. gone. Well, yeah. the big movie over the last summer with the, with the Tom Cruise, yeah. you know, film. Yeah. The, the remake of Top Gun. That was, I don't know. I haven't looked to see what that been up for. But of, of the last year, that was sort of the big, big one that got a lot of mm-hmm. buzz about, about mm-hmm. the stuff. Yeah. Every once in a while, there's a song that comes out that I recognize that that was pretty cool and it's well, nice. And, it's and nice. maybe you know, okay, you wrote back to me. I I I, sh- I like to see what go- what's going on with Tom Hanks. He's showing yeah. to me this generation of Jimmy Stewart in a way. You, I think you would go to a, 
a Tom Hanks film just because he said it. Yeah, I don't mind Tom Hanks. I like there was a lot of good Tom Hanks movies. Yeah. Yeah. But but I is have, he still making movies? Yeah. Yeah, he new, is. He has a Christmas oh, yeah. movie came out here in this past January. Um so yeah, he's still he, but he'll he'll do a lot of small budget. He doesn't necessarily have to have a big blockbuster anymore. So you, I don't well, even think. Yeah, they even. I mean, because the theaters are 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 going out of business. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I would imagine that affects the Academy Awards too. Well, I think a lot of them now are, are taking streaming and other platforms yeah, they, into yeah, consideration. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, the people that we have, we only have, we probably got five or six, maybe seven versions of Academy Awards. And Bob Hope did a couple. Jack Benny did two or three, and they were really good. I mean, two or three that we have. Robert Montgomery did one. Fred Astaire did one. And they were pretty good. But I think the problem with Academy Awards Theater, or whatever it was, was they were a half hour in length. Oh, yeah. No, I'm talking about the awards, but you're right. Oh, the awards itself, yeah. Yeah, But but it wasn't just Academy Awards Theater. I mean, any of them. Screen Guild Theater, same thing. You can't. Yeah. adequately even do a good job when you have to strip a movie down from an hour and a half to 30 minutes? Yes. Actually, yes. about 25. No, yeah. It was fascinating. Larry and I were putting our heads together. A lot of the best pictures of the 40s did not make locks. And you came up with an idea that maybe the well, Lux had to get contracted mm-hmm. to, 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 to do the movies they did and Maybe, yep. they did, maybe they weren't given permission to, right. to do these because for several years, they never actually could do it in the same year that it was actually a winner. Uh, for instance, um, well, going, they never my did way, going My Way was, was what, 1944, 43, yeah. whatever it is? 44, yeah. Lux didn't do it till 54, 10 years after the fact. They never and did they Yankee didn't do, do it. They didn't even it, do it with Crosby. They never did Yankee Doodle Dandy. They never no. did Gone with the Wind. A lot of those blockbuster films, well, never had a shot to do the, the, the What years? The something years? Best years of our life. They didn't yeah, do that they, one. They never oh, did yeah, that. that was, no. I, would you refer, when, when was All About Eve done? You said you did All About Eve. Right. It was 1950. It won the, 50, it, the movie came out. Awards. It was rec- it was done on Lux in fifty one. Lux. So, so Lux. somehow they got permission on that. Yeah, one. that they got permission for that one. But that that one, how could they even do that one? That one is long. Not well, on Lux. It wasn't. They, no. Yeah, they, <laughs> they left they, parts out. Oh, sure they did. They had a lot of parts out of that movie. It was fascinating, though, what we did last night. We played the Lux version, and then Radio City Playhouse had an adaptation of the actual short story where the movie was based upon, and they did Maybe their version A year that. before it was even out on uh, in movies. In fact, right. It was, the Radio City Playhouse did this adaptation from a story in 1949. And there's differences. If you listen to yeah. that, there's, there yeah. are differences. Oh, I'm uh, sorry I didn't hear that, but I fell asleep. 
Well, that happens once in a while, Joni. That's okay. I know, but and, I really and, and should have 24 hours. It was still caught. It was still caught in it was done with Claudia Morgan. She, she did a yeah, nice job with she it, She did too. a very good job. That's interesting. Mr. Bolia, let's not I refer to age around here. I didn't do that. You just thought you heard it. It's, it's funny. I must have the same <laughs> problem then, because I know I heard it. You be quiet. <laughs> Absolutely. I definitely know I heard it. John wasn't even listening, and he heard it. <laughs> Nothing from the John doesn't listen. He talks. Yeah, how's everybody doing today? Oh, half the time that, he's not home because of that, his ride. That came out of left field. Um, he uh, left early today because he felt a cold coming on about noon, oh. one o'clock. So he's been here ever since. Oh. Hi, John. John. Everybody's saying hi to you, and you're not even in the room, John. He's sick. I wonder if he's asleep. He was going to go to sleep. Oh, maybe he did. I won't <laughs> tell him it's time for dinner then. So that so that means he's not going to be feeling well enough to go next week, right, Larry? Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> he better. We have to split oh, a room. Please. They're doing this a lot on the phone. <laughs> oh, you don't care. Why don't you got the money, Larry? Yeah. Yeah. And and I'm uh, I I'm listening to this series strange as it seems. I kind of find it interesting, even though it's from the 1930s. It's kind of uh, yeah. weird some of the stories in that series. There yeah. was a story about a river, a mysterious river in Mississippi that makes singing noises at certain nights of the of the week, like from the moon and stuff. It's mm. really weird. Huh. Hi everybody. I just uh, <clears throat> I've been here for a while, just doing other stuff, so I kept muted. But I just wanted to say hello. 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 Hello, Martha. I, I also Hello. have the show. I have the show for Thursday and I'll I'll be backing up uh for you, John. So okay. Yeah, just yeah. in case. Just yeah. in case. Yeah, it's yeah. It's 25 after, so it's up to you, John. We got a couple more minutes and then you may, may want to start putting it together and oh we'll what's what Saturday. What's Michael's that? What's Saturday's Michael's Pride? He won't tell you, Joni. You know that. He's not going to tell you that. No, I just was wondering who's playing. Who's presenting? Oh, who's playing? Okay. Uh, Sorry, Joni. I didn't get the notice. Uh, I didn't either. Nope. It hasn't come out yet. It didn't come out. I'm trying to. It wasn't. I don't know if I was there for that part of the meeting Thursday. Thursday. I keep forgetting who they. Okay, you might want to. You might want to do the whole insert space s because if not, we're gonna. We're gonna be hearing. We're gonna be hearing all the. Okay. Hello, welcome in to what once was radio. I'm your host, John Bollier. All you have to do is sit back, relax, and listen as we venture into What Once Was Radio. Hello there once again. Yes, it is What Once Was Radio. And yes, I am John Bollier. Now, I think it's time to visit a couple of old friends of a lot of us, 
And I would say, at least in my opinion, probably the two most well-known cowboys of our old-time radio days. We're going to start it all off with the guy that they all called the king of the cowboys, Ray Rogers. And it's a little story about the boiling treasure chest. Here's Roy. It's the Roy Rogers Show. Happy trails to you. It's nice to meet again. Happy trails to you. Until the journey's end. Close Grape Nuts Flakes, the great two-minute energy cereal, brings you the Roy Rogers Show. Transcribed on the Double R Bar Ranch with Pat Brady and the Queen of the West, Dale Evans. Happy trails to you. Time to ride again. And here he is, in person, the king of the cowboys, Roy Rogers. Well, howdy, folks. You know, being a cowboy, you need lots of energy. That's why Grape Nuts Flakes is the cereal I like for strength and energy. Just two minutes after you eat a big bowlful, that whole wheat energy starts going to work for you. Try Grape Nuts Flakes Buckaroos. They're great. Now, our story for tonight, it's called The Boiling Treasure Chest. At the far northern end of Paradise Valley, where the majestic Starlight Mountains slope down to meet the stark, rocky shapes of Crater Canyon, there's a tiny settlement of squatters. These few families live apart from the rest of the world, coming in contact with civilization only at times of sheer necessity. But vague rumors of gold and of trouble have reached Mineral City. And as Roy, Dale, and Pat ride to investigate, a grim scene is taking place behind the door of one of the rough-hewn cabins. This is only one sack. Where's the rest of the gold dust? There isn't any more. Get out of here now. Mrs. Clark told you that's all. I know Ernie Clark made three trips to the mountains with the others this year, and I know what he found. And we can't argue with a pair of 45s, Mrs. Clark. If there is any more, you'd better... Wait. I hear something. Look out the window, Mrs. Clark. What do you see? No funny business now. There's dust and three riders coming. We didn't send for help, mister. We didn't... Quiet. I'm leaving for now. Don't try to take the gold out of this cabin. I'll be back, and if you're not here, I'll find you. I swear I'll find you. I want every grain of dust Ernie Clark has panned. Roy, that rider's certainly in a hurry. You bet. He slammed the cabin door and headed off like he was shot from a cannon. Well, if you hadn't have made me leave Nellie Bell back on the road there and ride this confounded jerry horse... We could overhaul him in a matter of minutes. With the start he has, it would take even Trigger longer than that to catch him, Pat. Let's talk to the people in the cabin. Get back here. Come on. Ah, come on, Buttermilk. Well, all right, Jerry. Get yourself into a gallop like them other horses are doing. Come on, Pat. Keep up with us. Jerry's not too slow, Pat. It's all in the way you handle him. <laughs> well, maybe I don't know where his carburetors are. Making a powerful lot of noise. What if there's trouble inside? 
We should have snuck up here quiet-like. Well, there's no particular reason for that, Pat. I like to operate in the open. Even when I don't know what I'm looking for. Hmm. Nobody home, eh? Maybe that rider was hurrying to keep an appointment with his girlfriend. Well, Dale, he wasn't exactly dressed for it. You know, a man doesn't usually wear a mask when he goes to call on a lady. No, <laughs> not unless it's a costume party, and they'd hardly be having one of those in this little squatter settlement. Did you see a mask on him? Roy, you got the sharpest eyes. Well, I'm just in the habit of using them, Dale. No answer. Well, I guess it wouldn't hurt to look inside. Oh, the masked man has partners. Well, this time you can talk to my shotgun. Uh, oh, lady. Hey, we're awfully sorry, ma'am. No one answered our knock, and we thought there might be trouble. There's been trouble, and this time we're ready for you. Uh, quiet. Quiet bullet. Yeah, one thing we don't want is trouble, but we sure seem to gravitate toward it. Ma'am, we're certainly not outlaws. We only want to help. I'm warning you. One step closer and I'll pull the trigger. Now, wait a minute, Mrs. Clark. Mister, aren't you Roy Rogers? That's right. I run the Double R Bar Ranch down in Mineral City. And these are my friends, Dale Evans and Pat Brady. But the masked man said he'd be back. He's all right, Mrs. Clark. Well, if Mr. Olborn says the so... The sheriff asked us to ride up here just to make a sort of check on things, and I guess it's pretty lucky we've come. <laughs> I ain't so sure about that. Uh, lady, would you mind putting down that shotgun? Oh, oh, yeah. yes, I'm sorry. Uh, suppose you tell us what happened. Pat and I have been deputized, and we all want to help you. I'm Willis Oborn, Mr. Rogers. I'm a friend of Mrs. Clark and her husband and his partners. A masked bandit broke into the cabin and took... Uh, is it all right to tell him, Mr. Oborn? Why, I think so, Mrs. Clark. We've heard about Roy Rogers, even way up here. You can certainly trust us, Mrs. Clark. Uh, what did the bandit take? He took some of the gold. Gold? Yes, the men in our settlement have found a little gold in the mountain streams. They've been panning it for two or three weeks at a time, while the weather's good, bringing the dust down, dividing it, and then going back for more. While they've been away this last time, every cabin in the settlement's been rifled by the masked man. Don't you go up to the mountains to pan gold with your neighbors, Mr. Oburn? Well, I did, Rogers, but this trip I couldn't. You see, my hand isn't much use to me right now. I scalded it very badly. And oh, it's... yes, I see. It's all bandaged up. Boy, it sure is. Well, you could practically hide a gold pan and outfit in that big bandage. Well, a bandit doesn't have much of a start on us. Say, Pat, let's go after him. Oh, would you? Dale, you better stay here with Mrs. Clark. The bandit threatened to return, and from the looks of Mr. Oburn's hand, you might be better in an emergency than he would. Oh, I would have been all right, except that he took us by surprise. I know, Mr. Oburn, but Dale's a mighty handy person to have around. Let's go, Pat. <laughs> see how you follow these tracks. I can hardly see them. Well, if you look closely, you can make out nicks in the sandstorm. And bullets could help, too. He knows what we're after. He sure seems to. Hey, watch how he runs ahead there and then waits for us to catch up. Yeah. Hey, why do you suppose a masked man headed for this country? You know, these big rocks and these darn geysers throwing steam in the air? Man, isn't be an awful place to live. But it's a pretty good place to hide, Pat. Well, I sure wouldn't want to be in the way when the water squirts. You know, like they say in Mexico, muy caliente. <laughs> Easy now, Trigger. Hey, Pat, look. Bullets follow the trail right to that big depression in the rocks. Well, by golly, I see the tracks myself now. They do lead right into that hole. Who there, Trigger? Who, boy? Who? Oh, Jerry. Who? Pat, look. Look at this. 
The masked man must have ridden his horse right down into that rock depression. Oh, you're kidding, Roy. <laughs> what you're calling a rock depression is the basin of a great big geyser. See the steam coming out? And just the same, a horse has been ridden into the basin. Yes, sir. There are the nicks from the shoes. Hey, don't go any further, Roy. If that water gushed up all of a sudden, wowie! Well, this sort of a geyser gives plenty of warning, Pat. Listen, you can hear it now. It's going to erupt soon. Hear that water boiling? Roy, come back. Come back here. Well, don't you worry, Pat. I'm coming back. Come on, bullet trigger. We'd all better get back. Oh, Roy, that's really pressing your luck. He could right into the geyser just before she erupts. Well, had to, Pat. We set out to follow that masked bandit, and I'm sure that he rode down into that crater. Hey, watch that geyser now. Here she comes. Sure thing. It's really boiling. Well, this ought to be a safe distance. Hey, almost to the surface now. Yeah. Now, the next one should be a big one. Suffering scallywags. Wow, she boiled up 50 feet in the air. Hey, you really think the bandit was down in that hole, Roy? Well, I'm sure he went down there. Then <laughs> no one has to worry about him anymore. His goose is cooked. Or I should say boiled. Somehow I don't think so, Pat. A lot of gold's been stolen. And the masked man told Mrs. Clark and Oburn that he'd be back. And I think we'd better head for that cabin fast. Yep, how about those grape nuts flakes? Take an old hands advice, partners. Tomorrow when you roll out of your bunk, corral a bowl full of that great energy given cereal, grape nuts flakes. Grape nuts flakes are called the great two-minute energy cereal because two minutes after you polish off a bowlful, their powerhouse whole wheat energy starts to go to work for you. That's the kind of quick energy you fellas and gals need. You'll go for Grape Nuts Flakes sugar-roasted flavor. It's delicious. So ask Mom to get you Grape Nuts Flakes, the two-minute energy cereal. Look for Roy's picture on the front of the package. Roy Rogers and Pat Brady follow a masked bandit who has stolen gold dust from the Paradise Valley squatters to the very edge of a steaming geyser. The geyser erupts, and Pat believes that their search has ended. But Roy insists that they have not seen the last of the outlaw. They hurry back to the cabin to which the bandit has promised to return, and where Dale, Mrs. Clark, and squatter Willis Oborn await them. Do you really mean it, Roy? You mean the bandit rode right into the crater of a boiling geyser? Well, tracks don't lie, Dale. Well, if that really did happen, Rogers, then the rest of Mrs. Clark's gold is safe. Well, I'm not so sure of that, Oburn. I think he'll be back, and soon. Do you have any idea who he is? Well, Rogers, uh, there's a fellow named uh, Paris moved into these parts shortly after we started going to the mountains to pan for gold. Uh, I sort of think he's the masked bandit. But we can't prove it, Mr. Oburn. The men have searched his cabin, but we've never found any of the dust. Well, now that your men are finding gold, you ought to move in closer to civilization. Yeah, I want to, Miss Evans. Well, try not to be frightened now, ma'am, but I uh, think your visitor's coming back. What? 
Yes, there's a masked man riding up. See him way off there? Well, you'll protect us, won't you, Mr. Rogers? I'll try, and I'll try to recover the rest of your gold, too. Well, how are you going to do that? Uh, why don't you meet him at the door and take him captive? Because I'm not so sure he's working alone. Now, listen closely. Pat's hidden outside with my dog and our horses. Mrs. Clark, you and Mr. Oburn stay here. And when the bandit comes, show him where the rest of the gold's hidden. What? But, Mr. Rogers, I... I want you to trust me. Dale and I will be right behind the door at the far end of the room. I told you I'd come back. This time I want all the dust. I think I recognize you, masked man. It'll go hard with you if you're who I think you are. That's enough of the gab. Tell me where it's hidden. I'll tell you one thing about myself. I got a mighty itchy trigger finger. You'd better tell him, Mrs. Clark. The gold is under the floor, under the fourth board from the wall. That's better. Now stay where you are. Don't move, either of you. I got eyes in the back of my head. Well, they're mighty poor eyes, fellas. Tighten up and give me those shooting irons. What? Where did you come from? Never mind where I came from. There. Uh, Hold his guns, Dale. Right, Roy. I've got them. Now let's see what you look like with your mask off. Why, Paris. There. Well, you were right, Mr. Oberlin. I suspected you, Paris. We all did. I'll get even with you. You're not getting even with anyone right now because... There. He won't be out for long. I just clipped him a medium-sized one. If that's what you call medium-sized, Roy, oh, man. Now, is there any place in the settlement to hold this man until we can get Pat's Jeep up here and take him back to civilization? Uh, Let me take charge of him, Rogers. Uh, My cabin's just across the clearing. Uh, Let me march him over there with his own pistols in his back. It'll... It'll serve him right. But your bandaged hand, Mr. Oborn. Are, are you sure you can manage? I can manage. I have a score to settle with this fella, too. Well, if you say so. Come on, you. Get up. Uh, You're all right. Uh, never thought I'd run into a trap. Never thought my old... All right, Pax. Get started. One false move and I'll use your own guns on you. Open the door for him, Dale. Sure, Roy. Go on now. Move along, Paris. I'm locking you in my cabin. <sighs> Thank you for saving the gold, Mr. Rogers. But wouldn't it have been easier to have stopped him outside? Oh, I was so frightened. I'm sorry to have frightened you, ma'am, but I had a reason for handling it this way. A reason? What was it? That's it. Hey, Mr. Oburn, what happened? Well, he... he made a fast move on me. Knocked me down. Took his guns and ran. Trigger, come here, boy. Hey, Pat! Get up here with the horses and bullet, quick! Good boy, Trigger. Hurry up, Pat! Uh, here I am, Roy. Here's buttermilk, Dale. Mrs. Clark, Oburn, do you have horses? Yes, we do. Well, saddle up as quickly as you can and follow us. Dale, you and Bullet stick with them. Well, Roy, where are you going? To Crater Canyon. Hurry. Bullet will help you find the way. We'll go on ahead. time when I'd rather be on my horse like you are. You just hang on to that rope for dear life, Pat. If Trigger should slip or I should fall, hang on twice as hard. Easy now, Trigger boy. You can make it. But, Roy, we're going right down into the geyser itself. Sure, this winding path leads right down the side of the crater. But all that steam, why don't we burn up? It's coming up from the center. We're safe as long as we stay close to the side. Oh, that boiling water's only about 70 feet down. You just hang on to that rope, Pat. Look, an opening off the path leading away from the crater. Right here, look. Well, I'll be darned. 
A regular tunnel leading off and down. This must be where Paris went. Keep going, Trigger. You can go anywhere a criminal's horse can go. Oh, this confounded tunnel must come up again someplace away from the geyser. Say, you know that masked man was a plenty smart cookie. It's never smart to be an outlaw, Pat. Look, we're getting into a sort of a cave. And right beyond it, the path seems to lead upward again. See, there's daylight 20 or 30 yards ahead. Hey, Roy, the bandit. He heard us. Roy, he sees us. Hey, down fast, Roy. You're a sitting duck. Back, Trigger. Get back, boy. Stay low, Pat. Paris is going to try to make a break for it. Maybe I can just sort of wing him. Hey, you got him, Roy. You got him. Hurry, Pat. We've got to get to him before he starts shooting again. Paris must hide the gold down here and times his trip so he can come in and get out again between the Roy. we got to get out of here before that thing boils up again. Ooh, here he is, Pat. Oh. Hey, Roy, oh. he's hurt. He's more scared than anything else. I just creased his wrist enough to stop him. Help. Help me out of here before the geyser boils us alive. Then talk fast, Paris. Oh. The squatter's gold dust is hidden down here. Where? The gold. It's behind the big rock in the wooden box. Take a look, Pat. Yeah. You better will, Roy. I'm as anxious to get out of here as he is. You aren't in this alone, Paris. Somebody's telling you which of the squatters had gold. Who's your partner? I'll tell you. I'll tell you, but but let's get out of here first. Hey, the gold's there all right, Roy. Eight, nine, ten bags of it. All right, Pat. Help me lift Paris on his horse. Stay where you are, all of you. Ha- You're covered. Well, hollering, hoot nannies. How did that Auburn feller get down here without us hearing him? Simple enough, through the opening up ahead there. This tunnel leads to a hiding place in the scrub a few hundred yards from the geyser. So you're in on this, too. You're responsible for stealing your neighbor's gold. I can live the rest of my life on the dust I have down here. We'll see about that, Oban. You'll never see about anything again. Walk back, all three of you. Back down toward the cavern. Oh, what's he going to do with us, Roy? I have an idea what he's going to try to do. And right now, he has the drop on us. Now, stand against this rock. And thanks for the use of your rope, Rogers. Oban, you're not tying me down here with them. You came in handy, Paris, while my hand was scalded. But my hand's fine now. I've kept the bandage on because it was simpler to have the other men do the mining and you to do the dirty work. Can't even play fair with your own partner, eh, Oburn? If you're going to give me a lecture, make it short, Rogers. The geyser will erupt again in just about two minutes, and I'm leaving now. I'll take your horse, Paris. He's a valuable animal. Roy, that noise. It's the beginning of the eruption, Pat. Remember how we heard the water boiling up higher and higher until it exploded right out of the ground? It'll fill this cave when it gets near the top. Can't you do something? Roy, Roy, I, I can't budge these ropes. We're tied tighter than steers at Brandon time. Well, we're going to get out. My horse is still down here. Oh, what good will a horse do? The water will boil over us in 60 seconds. Trigger, come here, boy. Over here, Trigger. Trigger, my hands. The ropes, fella. Get them off. Get them off, boy. Get them off fast. for another Roy Rogers reminder. Always play fair. Yes, buckaroos, that's Roy's reminder for today. To be a good, upstanding citizen, you have to abide by the rules in everything you do, in your home, in school, or on the playground. It's a fact when you play fair, you can't go wrong. Be fair to yourself, too. Keep yourself healthy and strong. And talking about that, one of the best ways to do it is to eat plenty of good, nourishing food like grape nuts flakes. The cereal Roy likes best for building up strength and energy. Yes, kids, Roy eats Grape Nuts Flakes for energy. 
His picture's on every package. Roy likes those swell-tasting grape nuts flakes because their whole wheat energy starts going to work for you just two minutes after you eat a big, multi-rich bowlful. That's energy you need for most everything you do during the day. And you like sugar-roasted grape nuts flakes. They have a flavor that's multi-rich, makes them mighty good to eat. So if you want to be king of the cowboys in your corral, ask your mom to get you Grape Nuts Flakes, the great two-minute energy cereal. Grape Nuts Flakes is one of the triple wrap post cereals. Guaranteed fresh or triple your money back. Roy and Pat capture the masked bandit who has been taking the squatter's gold in a cavern off the crater of a steaming geyser. But Oborn, revealing himself as the true criminal, surprises our friends and his former henchmen and leaves them bound hand and foot as the geyser once again starts to push its boiling water toward the surface. Oh, where can they be? Where can they be? Now, don't worry, Mrs. Clark. Pat's horse is out here, and from the way Bullet acts, Roy and Pat and Trigger all went down into the crater of the geyser. Well, I'm afraid it's hopeless, Miss Evans. Yes, I've searched the brush and the rocks for hundreds of yards around. There's no sign of Rogers or Brady or the outlaw. Afraid they must have fallen into the geyser. Quiet, Bullet. Roy didn't fall in, Mr. Oborn. He rode in on purpose. But I'm responsible. He did it to help me. Now, you've just got to stop worrying. Roy Rogers always knows exactly what he's doing. Now, if he rode into that crater, he'll ride out again, some way. Water will reach the surface the next time. Too late now. The entire cavern of the geyser is flooded with boiling water. And Rogers and Brady and Paris were down there. <laughs> Mr. Oborn, how can you laugh? Because all the gold that your husband and his friends ever found belongs to me. What? Don't struggle. You either, Mrs. Clark. I have my guns on you. Why? Why, the bandage. It's off your hand. I have complete use of my hands. And the next thing I'm going to do is to tie the two of you and leave you here on the rim of the geyser. It'll erupt again in two hours. Miss Evans, oh. look, coming out from behind the geyser. Oh, it's Roy and Pat and Trigger with another man lying across the saddle. Roy, hurry! Well, it can't be. Well, I can get him. Down, Mrs. Clark, down. Take care of his hands, bullet. Before Roy gets here, I've got his feet. Great work, Dale. Let's go now, bullet. Let's go, boy. Now take over. Roy, be careful. His guns. Uh, you've got two good hands, haven't you, Obert? But I don't think you can hang on to those guns with them. Oh, my wrist. Takes care of the guns. Now let's see what happens to your jaw. Hey, don't finish him off before I get there, Roy. I want to crack at him, too. I'm sorry, Pat. He folded just a little too fast. When he comes to again, you can go to work on him because I think he has a little more coming. I don't think you'll be coming too very soon. You could scarcely call that last punch a medium-sized one. Well, your goal is safe, Mrs. Clark. Yours and all that has been stolen from your friends. We'll get it as soon as the cavern cools off. As soon as the cavern cools off? Well, what do you mean? Roy, where were you and Pat when that geyser erupted? If it hadn't been for Trigger, we would have been in a tunnel just off the crater. Oh. Well, here's your chance, Pat. Oburn's going to get up. Oh, no, he's just rolling over for another nap. Oh, darn. Well, I'll wait. Mr. Rogers, if Mr. Brady can't handle him alone, I'm a pretty husky old gal, you know. <laughs> Mrs. Clark. I don't blame you. <laughs> well, I don't either. 
But you let the law handle Oberon in Paris. It's time you started enjoying life. That's all for now, folks. This is Roy Rogers saying to all of you from all of us, goodbye, good luck, and may the good Lord take a liking to you. See you next week. Happy trails to you until we meet again. The Roy Rogers Show was brought to you tonight by Post Grape Nuts Flakes, the great two-minute energy cereal. Grape Nuts Flakes is the cereal Roy likes best for strength and energy. Look for the picture of Roy and Trigger on the front of the package. The Roy Rogers Show can be heard again next week at this same time with Pat Brady, Dale Evans, and the king of the cowboys himself, Roy Rogers. An Art Rush production written and directed by Fran Van Hardisfeld with music by Milton Charles. Remember what Roy Rogers says, Post Sugar Crisp is the cereal treat that's fun to eat. Roy's right, fellas and gals, as a cereal it's dandy, with milk or cream. For snacks it's so handy, or you can eat it like candy right out of the box. Post Sugar Crisp is excitingly new, deliciously different. Nourishing puffed wheat, candy coated with honey and sugar. Ask Mom to get Post Sugar Crisp in the big red, white, and blue box with the three bears on the front tomorrow. Featured in today's cast were Frank Hemingway, Gwen Delano, Frank Gersel, and Junius Matthews. This is Art Ballinger speaking for Post Grape Nuts Flakes. Stay tuned for the latest news brought to you by Log Cabin Syrup. Ah, there you have it, the king of the cowboys, Mr. Roy Rogers, and his lovely wife, Dale Evans. My goodness. You know, he puts her in some real bad spots at times. Fortunately, she gets out of them without any real trouble. I'd hate to see something happen to Dale. My goodness. All right, we're going to go now to my favorite cowboy of old-time radio. And we call him, of course, the Singing Cowboy. And yes, he was a, a baseball team owner. And before he passed away, he was fortunate to see his team win the World Series. Here he is, and Champion is going to save him. Here's Gene Autry. He's back in the saddle again. It's time once again for Melody Ranch and Gene Autry. I'm back in the saddle again. Out where a friend is a friend Where the longhorn cattle feed on the lowly Simpson I'm back in the saddle again From Columbus, Ohio, for your friendly local merchant everywhere who sells and displays healthful, refreshing, delicious double mint chewing gum invites you to another visit with all the gang here at Melody Ranch. Among those present are Pat Buttram, the Cass County Boys, Merle Travis, Carl Kuntner's Melody Ranch Orchestra, and Johnny Bond. First, though, let's meet the boss man himself, Mr. American Cowboy Gene Autry. Hair of gold, eyes of blue, lips like cherry white, 
the prettiest gal I ever knew, and I'm going to make her mine. I came down from Butte, Montana, for a little change of scene, and I stopped today in Santa Fe, where I met a pretty queen. Oh, I planned to leave on Monday, but she held me kind of tight, so I held the ground and hung around, and I left on Friday night. Hair of gold, eyes of blue, lips like cherry wine. Prettiest gal I ever knew, and I'm going to make her mine. I was kind of blue and lonely, so I took my horse and pack. And on Sunday morning was up and gone, heading south and riding back. At the gate I found her waiting, I was happy as could be. Then I told her that I loved her true, and she said that she loved me. Hair of gold, eyes of blue, lips like cherry wine. Well, thank you, friends and neighbors, and welcome to Melody Ranch. I'm just about to help myself to some delicious, refreshing double mint chewing gum. And you know, it's swell to have a treat that's so pure and wholesome that you can enjoy it any time you think of it. So, suppose you join me in chewing some grand double mint gum right now. And always carry a package of double mint with you so you can house some whenever you want. That's delicious, refreshing, double mint chewing gum. I like it. Hi, Mr. Artery. Hi there. Boy, am I ever excited. My chance has come, and you're the first to hear the news. Oh, boy. Now, wait a minute, Pat Buttram. Settle down. Huh? What news? What are you excited about? Look at this newspaper here. The Sagebrush Dramatic Appreciation and Bail Bond Society is putting on a play. Yes. A real melodrama. And they're advertising for a leading man. They're looking for a new face. And I've got it. <laughs> well, don't just stand there. Run home and get it. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. I <laughs> run home and get it, yeah. <laughs> now, look, Patrick, uh, I didn't think that you'd laugh at my joke. Oh, what was good enough for President McKinley is good enough for me. I ain't gonna... <laughs> Is that so? Well, now, don't get smart with me, buddy. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, Mr. Artery. It's just that I feel so excited. Uh-huh. <laughs> you see, I called up the Sagebrush Theater, and they said to come right down. So I went, and they give me the part to study. And here I am, almost a big star. But, Patrick, you don't know anything about acting. Why, it isn't easy, you know. Oh, acting comes natural to me, Mr. Artery. My uncle, Grease Paint Buttram, he was a famous actor. He played nothing but big parts. I never even heard of him. Oh, he was... What big parts did he ever play? kidding. No, I'm not kidding. Well, you know them fake horses? Yes. You know, two fellers get inside of it and they do funny stuff? Mm -hmm. (laughs) My uncle played the biggest part. Oh, he did? Yeah. He played the part that couldn't see where it was going. (laughs) Well, it sounds like it was made to order for you. Oh, no, no. I don't take a back seat for nobody. No. But I'm going to be a real big star, a Gary Cooper type, or a Allen type of a lad, or even a rock type of a Hudson, maybe. <laughs> well, you've got the build for it, all right. <laughs> Mr. Ardry, you know something about acting now. Won't you sort of help me with the script a little? <laughs> all right, Patrick, I'll do what I can. Good. Well, let's just see how good a man you are when it comes to this acting. I can do it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Say, this first scene is for a boy and a girl. Well, now, that's a nice combination, I think. (laughs) 
Now, what's the scene? Oh, boy, just watch old Buttram emote here. Well, let's see here. Now, it says, uh-huh. as the scene opens, the boy and girl are drifting lazily down a romantic stream in a canoe. Mm-hmm. She's in the bow, and he's in the stern. Well, can't you put us both in the middle and give me a fighting chance? <laughs> now, look, Pat, get serious, or I'm not going to help you. Oh, oh, I'll be serious. Yeah. Now she looks at you with fire in her beautiful blue eyes. Yeah. And her luscious red lips seem to say, I'm yours, darling. Now, you know what to do? Sure, I throw away the paddle and head for the girl. That's it. <laughs> No, you don't throw away the paddle. Why not? I can buy a new paddle for a buck and a half anyway. <laughs> You're supposed to be playing hard to get. Oh, oh. Now, pay attention, will you? Fine, actor, you are. Well, let's get back to the girl. Time's a waste. Now, wait Come just on. a minute. Take it easy. Oh. Don't rush him like old Scoggins does. No, I... All right. Now, <laughs> you see... First, you turn on the radio to get some nice, soft music. Turn on the radio? Yeah. What for? To put you in a romantic mood. Mr. Artery, I was in the mood before radios was even invented. I don't... <laughs> I gotta go study up on my part by myself. So long, Mr. Artery. You're not helping me a bit. Well, so long, Patrick. <laughs> yes, sir, that guy's got more comebacks than a bad check. However, right now, let's listen to those saddle-scarred Cass County boys in Get Along Little Doggies. As I was out walking one morning for pleasure, I spied a cowpuncher all riding alone. His hat was rolled back and his spurs was a-jingling, and as he approached he was singing this song. Whoopie-tie-i-o, get along, little doggie, it's your misfortune and not my own. Whoopie-tie-i-o, get along, little doggie. You know that my omen will be your new home. It's early in spring that we round up the doggies. We mark them and brand them and bob off each tail. We round up the horses and load the chuck wagon and then put the doggies out on the right trail. Whoopie-tie-i-o, get along, little doggie, it's your misfortune and not of my own. Whoopie-tie-i-o, get along, little doggie, you know that my omen will be your new Thank you there, Cass County boys. You've just given the folks a lift with that song. And friends, I'll remind you of the pleasant lift you get when you chew delicious, refreshing double mint chewing gum. That's why it makes real good sense to chew swell double mint anytime things start going wrong. You see, a healthful, wholesome treat like double mint can really work wonders when those little irritations begin to get in your throat or on your nerves. Because the easy, long-lasting chewing gives you a healthy, natural outlet for that feeling of pressure and tension. Yet, you just stick your teeth right into smooth double mint and chew away for a while. And you feel a lot more relaxed and satisfied. And that cool, clean double mint flavor freshens you. And that makes you feel better, too. So enjoy it often, every day. It'll do you good. Delicious, refreshing double mint chewing gum. 
song Weary waters are flowing Lonely river roll along Tell my love I'm broken hearted I know I was wrong Weary waters keep on flowing Lonely river roll along Thank you, friends. Yes, sir. Thank you. You know, I can't get over how smart Champ is. Oh, Champ's a smart horse, all right. Why, this morning when I went out to feed him, he opened the stable door for me and hung my head on the wall. Oh, oh. oh that's nothing. Did I ever tell you about the time he picked up a curry comb and got the burrs out of my whiskers? <laughs> now, wait a minute, boys. Wait a minute. Huh? You don't have to exaggerate when you talk about Champ. Why don't we just tell the truth about him? Oh, like the time he saved our lives, maybe, huh? Up Redstone Canyon three or four years ago, remember? Well, yeah, that's more like it. Well, nobody's stopping you, Mr. Ardry. Go right ahead and tell it, and don't leave nothing out. Just for that, Patrick, I will. Well, Pat and I were riding in the foothills of Mission Range, looking for strays, when all of a sudden, Champ stopped cold in his track, reared up, and reached for the sky. <laughs> Steady, Champ. Steady, boy. Easy. What's the matter with him, Mr. Ardry? Oh, I don't know, Pat. Seems like he... Hey, look. Huh? Leaning against that rock. Jump in tadpoles. Man looks like he's been shot. Yeah. Come on, quick. Yeah. Oh. Easy, fella. Oh. Easy. Here, try some of this water. Gracias. Ringo. What? Say that again. Ringo. Is he... Is he dead? Yeah, Pat. I'm afraid he is. All we can do is... Hey, look out! Pat! Hit the dirt! Yes! Why, that low-down, dry-gulching hoot owl. Yeah, there he goes over the hill. Oh, just let me get a bead on that side. Oh, forget it for now, Pat. Let's take care of this man. We'll never catch him anyway. Well, what are we going to do, Mr. Arthur? Get this man into sagebrush. Sheriff Dillon can take it from there. Well, we brought him in as soon as we could, Jim. Well, thanks, Gene. 
All right, Jed. Take the body over to Doc Peters' office. Uh, is there anything I can do to help, Sheriff? No need for a lawyer, Mr. Ransom. Not yet, anyhow. Did you identify this man? Well, the card we found in his pocket says Pedro Chavez. What I want to know is the name of the killer. Uh, how about that, Mr. Autry? Did he tell you? No, Mr. Ransom, he didn't. Well, call on me anytime, Sheriff. If we need you. Now, the rest of you folks move along. Come on now, get out. Jim, there is something I haven't told you yet. Oh, what's that, Gene? Pedro Chavez did say something before he died. Just one word. Ringo. Ringo? Hmm. Does that mean anything to you? Somebody's name? No, nobody around here. I remember an old mine called a Ringo up Redstone Canyon three, four miles. Ain't been worked in years, though. I think Pat and I will take a look up there, if you don't mind. Shoot yourself, Gene. But you're on your own. I know that, Jim. I'll remember that. This is the Ringo Mine. Mr. Artery, do we have to go any further? Old ghost mines give me goosebumps. It won't hurt to take a little look. Uh, Let's try this side tunnel, Pat. Hey, wait. Huh? Hey. What's that? Back to the entrance, quick. Huh? Chopped them timbers down to trap us, Mr. Artery. Well, there's a tiny opening. If we can move this beam. Come on, help me. Here we go. Oh, we can't budge it. They left us here to die. Well, there's one good chance getting out alive. Yeah? What? Champ. Let's hope he's still out there. Champ! Champ! Can you hear me, boy? Hey, that's him. That's him. Listen, champ. Go home. Understand, boy? Go home. He's going, Mr. Artery. He understood just what you said. Let's hope so, Pat. Let's hope so. Well... Champ understood all right. A couple of hours later, the boys followed Champ's trail. Pretty soon, we were breathing fresh air again. Just on a hunch, Pat and I got some samples of dirt from the mine, and late that afternoon, we took them into the county assayer's office. Gene, if you're looking for silver, copper, or gold in this dirt, there's not a single trace. What did you find out about the Ringo mine, Frank? Well, it seems a claim was made out early in 1936. Uh, let's see, uh, to a man named uh, Pedro Chavez. Holy smoke. That's the man we found shot to death. That's right, Pat. But I don't get it. He files a claim, then he deserts it, and then he comes back again and gets killed. Why? I think there's a way to find out if the sheriff will go along with my plan. Frank, do us a favor. Don't tell anybody we've been here. Anything you say, Gene. Uh, but why not? Pat, somebody still thinks that we're trapped in that mine. Now it's our chance to trap him. Sheriff, 
I still don't understand why you called me down here at this time of the morning. You offered to help yesterday, didn't you, Mr. Ransom? When Gene brought that dead man in? Yes, of course I did. As an attorney, now I... Sit thought... down. You'll be helping any minute now. Well, what are we waiting for? Now, look, Sheriff, I'm a very busy man. I can't... Good morning, Gene. Pat, come on in. Howdy, Sheriff. Sorry we couldn't make it sooner, Jim. Well, Autry, how did you... I mean... What's the matter, Mr. Ransom? Didn't you ever see a couple of real live ghosts before? Ghosts? I, I don't know what you mean. I think you do, Mr. Ransom. Jim, take a look at this. Uh, what is it? A deed to the old Ringo mine, made out to Pedro Chavez. Mr. Ransom took it from Pedro's body yesterday. That's a lie. Then how come Pat and I found it in your office, along with some uranium ore samples? Why, I... You had no right to go into my office. Shut up and let Gene tell it. And, Mr. Ransom, you better listen. Well, Pedro Chavez discovered uranium several years ago at the Ringo Mine. He wasn't an American citizen, and he was afraid the government wouldn't let him keep it. Finally, just a few days ago, he decided to consult an attorney. That attorney happened to be you, Mr. Ransom, and you decided to get the mine for yourself. Why, you're crazy. Autry, are you accusing me of murder? Yes, and I should have murdered from the start. When you asked me if Pedro told us who the killer was. Only Pat and I knew he wasn't already dead when we found him. No wonder you tried to kill us, too. Well, it looks like you just put a noose around your neck, Ransom. All right, but I'm taking at least one man with me. All right. Two can play that game, too, mister. Now, try chopping down mine timbers with that arm, Bo Diddley. <laughs> Don't pester him, Pat. I think Mr. Ransom has enough to worry about already. Friends and neighbors, I know you've all seen pictures of abandoned ranch houses where the windows are out, doors are hanging on one hinge, old barns leaning so far south you'd think a north wind would blow them over and there always seems to be the remnants of a broken down, dusty old wagon. And that just happens to be the subject of our cowboy classic for today. The wheel of the wagon is broken. It ain't gonna turn no more. My days on the prairie are over. Campfire a-smoking Where we sang when they was through The wheel of the wagon is broken Gone is the west side Goodbye, old faithful There's a sign on the ranch for sale My days on the prairie are over Round the old ranch door The wheel of the wagon is broken It ain't gonna turn no more Goodbye, old faithful There's a sign on the ranch for sale Goodbye Of 
My days on the prairie are over There's weeds round the old ranch door The wheel of the wagon is broken It ain't gonna turn no more Mr. Artery, I think I get twice the usual fun out of these Melody Ranch parties. <laughs> I enjoy them myself, and I get a real kick out of watching other folks enjoy them, too. Well, Pat, I have a hunch you just spoke for everybody here. And I think I'm speaking for all of you good friends when I say that delicious, refreshing double mint chewing gum adds extra pleasure to all the day's activities. The smooth, steady chewing goes right along with work or fun. And that delicious double mint flavor is always so good. And it cools your mouth and keeps your taste fresh, too. So enjoy it soon and often. Delicious, refreshing, double mint chewing gum. Well, I guess that just about wraps it up for this week's folks. But this is Gene Autry for Double Mint, asking you to keep thinking of us until we're back in the saddle Now where a friend is a friend where the longhorn cattle feed on the lowly gypsy, I'm back in the saddle again. Gene Autry will be appearing in person with his big new hit show of 1956 on February 2nd in Rochester, New York, New York, and on successive days in Providence, Portland, and Bangor, Maine, Manchester, Hartford, Connecticut, Kingston, and White Plains, New York, Hershey, and Philadelphia on February 11th and 12th. At the same time next week, and over these same stations, the Wrigley people will again present Gene Audrey, Dean Lewis speaking, in part transcribed. This is the CBS Radio Network. singing cowboy back in the saddle again how about that gene autry all right that's gonna do it for this guy seems like the the old clock on the wall is telling me to get out of here anyway if you have anything you would like me to play you can always contact me at john dot boyer that's j-o-h-n dot B-E-A-U-L-I-E-U at Verizon.net Until the next time, and when we do meet again, may the good Lord take a liking to each and every one of you. And good night. Thank you for listening to What Once Was Radio. 
Hope you will come back again real soon and venture with me on another What Once Was Radio. I'm John Bollier.